Hey guys, uh, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Today we have Smriti Parmeshwar on the show with us. Smriti is a product leader who is passionate about marrying great user experiences with technology to deliver business value. With over a decade of experience, Smriti has spent the past 7 years with Freshworks in their product function, working on products like Freshdesk, Freshchat, Freshcaller and Freshconnect. Smriti joined as a second product manager on Freshdesk and while she was there after working on uh, the Freshdesk product for about 2 years she also helped the company launch three new products which are Freshchat, Freshcaller and Freshconnect. So hey Smriti such a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi Sunil likewise very excited to be on the show and have this conversation. Awesome. So you know I would definitely love to talk about like you know how how a company can launch multiple products when they already have like one product which is working for them and that's what we're going to talk on the show but before we move, move on to that can you tell us more about yourself i i gave a very short and brief introduction about you spriti so and also you know your how's your journey been like into the saas ecosystem sure sure it's interesting that you talk about journey into saas right because uh, uh-huh. i usually think of how journey of any product manager is very unique because at least you know when i was doing finishing school you don't really say i want to get be in product management at that point so people sort of land into it from um, different areas and like a lot of people i started out as a developer i was i was developer for e-commerce applications for a couple of years and and in fact that was at a time when e- e-commerce was hardly there in india so for me it was amazing that people would even buy things online and not go to a shop physically and buy it when i was working on these products right uh-huh. uh, and of course they were us companies so it was really interesting that i think that was my first interest into tech enabled businesses i wasn't really looking to be you know coming into this industry or even doing something product related so that was very very interesting for me and that was my first spark with it i then went on to do my mba uh, at carnegie mellon in the us nice and even then i wasn't really looking at coming into tech long term like many students or many b school aspirants i was thinking consulting you know things like that but uh-huh. quickly into my first year i realized maybe consulting was not something i was very deeply interested about and then i started kind of exploring what are the other areas and fortunately for me i again got to work on an e-commerce startup but this time it was more on the business analytics side mm mm-hmm. so again it got my more and more into tech enabled uh, businesses and uh, what really was great is and i i was a business analyst for the next uh, couple of years for a couple of different startups uh-huh. but what was really interesting is it uh, helped me sort of dig into the business models of how these companies work what are the levers that help and i also got to work with stakeholders across the company right i wasn't just uh, siloed mm-hmm. into one function for example while i was trying to figure out profitability for the it's a startup right so they're still trying to figure out what categories worked for them what categories didn't and i got to interview and talk to people in the warehouse you know in the uh, design studio photographing and cataloging products i was able to get insights like certain categories were um actually uh-huh. uh, slower in shipping because they are just rearranged in a certain way in a warehouse and those are all amazing that that holistic view at the same time i could look at you know the digital data to see what sort mm-hmm. of products were cross sold better what sort of uh, customers bought different things together so it was very interesting to get that overall experience right? 
and and still i wasn't in saas at all and i didn't really um, know about saas but those are all things that helped me sort of look at what are the drivers of a business right Got those it. gave me that and as i was doing this i sort of then realized that okay it's great to get all this information and give these insights but i wanted to be closer to the product i wanted to be closer to the customer and you know determining how the business ran right and product is a big part of that so then i decided okay i definitely want to try product management i obviously didn't know whether it, i would be good at it or bad at it and even then because of my experience i was looking at b2c companies because um, i i worked for mobile advertising i worked for e-commerce so that seemed and obviously as an end user myself i seem to understand those businesses and those motivations more but i also knew i want to try out product management and at that point i actually started exploring opportunities in india i definitely knew i wanted to come back uh, to mm-hmm. india i was still in the us at this point mm-hmm. and in india there were more and more startups coming up there was more funding coming up again but at this point i was only looking at e-commerce was the first big um, uh, spree of funding right in india so i was looking at all of that and then i took that big leap and said okay let me move back uh, to india and it also for me uh, personally it also worked out because my fiance at that point my husband now was also based out of here and we were trying to decide shall we both be in the us or shall we both be in india so i took the plunge um, and uh, came back and funnily enough because i am from chennai you know yeah. my family is from chennai whilst i was still looking at bangalore startups a friend of mine from axel introduced me to girish who was a ceo of freshworks Right. and i really didn't know about saas until then right i didn't really know enough about it mm-hmm. and that's and i had a great conversation with him and i think that sort of changed the direction i went right in my career uh, and i didn't look back after that and i'm glad of i'm really glad of that because that introduced me to a whole world of saas freshworks like you mentioned i was a second product manager but at the same time freshworks was also very small we were less than 100 employees at that point and because of my background i also told girish i want to try product management and that's that's what this big move is about so if that's something that he was willing to experiment with me you know then i would also you know want to come on board and experiment so so what happened was actually because of my data analytics background i also helped freshworks a lot of because we didn't have people for each of those teams it's usually it's a very small team right so i helped out in a lot of those uh, projections figuring out how to kind of show our data working with those sort of uh, numbers and other things growth projections but at the same time i also started uh, ramping up on the product side and of course like you said i was working on the freshest product that's that's what we had in the market at that point so for me again it was great because a i was learning product management in the context of saas but i was also getting into the you know the numbers and the metrics of saas which are so important and and that is one of the biggest things as to why people are enamored by saas right the high margins the longevity of the business the sustainability of business if it's done right um, so i got exposure to that at the same time was building products talking to customers so i think from a learning curve that was really steep and very very exciting for me and as we were doing that and as we were doing more features on the products itself freshworks always had uh, or girish always had the vision of doing multiple products he comes from uh, zoho and uh, nice. you know that vision is always there so as we were looking into newer products the pieces that i was working on itself at freshdesk started looking at how to spin them off as separate products 
So I got the opportunity to lead a product, you know, Fresh Chat. We did it from scratch in terms of looking at what is our MVP, how do we get to market, who are we positioning to, how do we, how do we, you know, position differently from what is there in the market, but at the same time, how is it aligned to what Freshworks wants to do? How does it help uh, Freshdesk? And by then, we had released Fresh Service, and we also launched Fresh Sales. So how does it align to those products, right? How do we bring all of that together? Those become more important questions when, which you won't think of when you're just doing a startup on your own, right? Of course, you have other worries, but these are some new considerations that come into play. Right? How, what are the synergies that you learn? So Fresh Chat, I was through that journey, uh, launch, beta, all of that. And then we had some, we did some restructuring in the org and uh, I went to a new product called Fresh Collar, which hadn't launched yet. But that was something that we were looking at closely and there was some leadership change there. So again, figuring out how to get that out into the market. I was very, it's a telephony product, but we had to look at it very differently from how some of our competitors are because we were part of a larger SaaS company. Most of the telephony players in the market were standalone or telephony first. So, and there are a lot of things which are outside of SaaS when it comes to telephony, right? There is your calling minutes, there's regulations in different countries. So how do you synergize this into the ecosystem of a larger company like Freshworks? And similarly for Fresh Connect, that was a third product. Currently, I actually just left Freshworks a few months back and now I'm an independent consultant for product startups. I work with them for positioning, strategy, execution, and all of that. So that's sort of uh, been my journey, uh, you know, and doing all of those products. What a great journey, Spriti. And, you know, I have so many points <laughs> and so much to talk. But, you know, want to pick one aspect that you mentioned, right? It's like Girish com- coming from a company like Zoho, which had multiple products back then. And mm-hmm. now he's building Freshworks. And he's obviously, they Freshworks started with Freshdesk and, mm-hmm. and then Fresh Service the next. And then, like, the company went on to build, like, multiple products, right? So mm-hmm. how did... Freshworks as a company or how can any company decide that, you know, that they have to build new products, which would be an extension of the current product that they have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how different it is than than building a starting up a new product company entirely. Right. Mm -hmm. So what's, yeah, according to you, because you would have experience in launching three products for them. Um, So when you, like you said, right, there are factors when you're launching a startup and a new product. And then when you're doing it as part of a larger company, some of the same things come in, right? Who's your market? Who's, how are we going to sell to them? You know, is, are we solving the right problem? All of those considerations, do we have a good team in place? All of those considerations are there. But apart from that, what you need to also look at is in terms of why are we building the product, right? So when you look at uh, when you're an already in a product company uh, and either it's your second product or third product, you have to, there are two things as to why, you know, you should be looking at a new product. One is, and co- always, you know, the company, the senior execs, the founders need to be, you know, thinking about this. One is how do you strengthen what you have in the market, right? And what are the levers that will help you? Because as you grow, um, your uh, customer acquisition costs, you know, your the, the lead generation methods that you have will saturate, you know, and uh, you will obviously, as you have a larger base, you also have to worry about 
newer competition coming in the market. And always as a product company, yes, you're competing against people who are already there in the market. But especially as you mature, you should be very, very aware of the new products that are coming into your industry, right? Because they can really disrupt faster than you because you are a larger company. So you have to, you know, keep a lookout for how do you create a larger moat? How do you get deeper with existing customers? And so you have to look at some of those things. So how do you increase your TAM? How do you kind of increase your deal size with each, with each of your customers? What are the more additional things that your customers want, uh, right? From a business sense, from a product uh-huh. sense, you also start seeing what are the things that your customers are asking for, right? For example, when we had live chat and fresh desk, our, uh, which Freshness, which is a customer support software, right? Our customers, what I saw was we were also using the uh, live chat feature to do sales capabilities, right? They were saying, we want to put it on our website to, you know, new for new prospects, not just customers that we're trying to support. So that shows that it's a product that uh, can work across sales and support, right? So that's, that's one of the things when we're thinking about how do we platformize it so that, you know, we bring it out and have, all the products use it, not just fresh desk, right? Have fresh sales also use it. So that's a thought process. So you have to keep looking at both from the customer angle and also in the market angle. The second part is about, are you, are you, are you being ahead of the curve, right? How do you stay relevant? Like how Netflix thought about doing streaming when they already had, you know, their DVD rentals because they're looking at what is the future of entertainment. Right? So you have to be looking at future trends too. And you have to constantly be looking at both of these. Sometimes the products may sort of converge in terms of it'll satisfy both of that. Uh-huh. And that's how you look at how you build. And why I'm saying these things are relevant is because you might still have a brilliant idea. You might still think that, hey, let's go attack it. But if it's not synergizing some of the things in the company, you are at a disadvantage because every startup that's coming up doing that same thing can move much faster than you. So as a company that already has a product and has some processes in place, you have to see how can you leverage your sales team? Can you use your same GTM engine? Can you use your same sales engine? Can the same salespeople sell these new products? Can your same legion methodologies, which obviously you have, you know, functional expertise in either if it's outbound sales or if it's field field sales, or Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, a lead uh, Google AdWords, can you replicate some of those things for these newer products? Can you use, you know, maybe some architecture that you already have? Can you reuse it for your new products? So those are the areas you have to see from an uh, internal perspective of how you can leverage because customers can ask certain things, but, and that's why you make a choice saying, Hey, we don't have the synergies to do it, but our customers want it. So let's make good partnerships. But if we have the synergies and customers also demanding it, then let's, let's build it. Or then you can decide to acquire it and then plug it into your system. So you can make all of those uh, decisions with uh, better clarity. Got it. And, and I believe that, you know, as the launching these new products could help a company in many ways, but, you know, there are, there might be some cases where this could all go wrong as well. Right. <laughs> so how do you make sure that, you know, that, that something wrong is not uh, happening or whatever time efforts you are investing sure, in this sure. new product and, you know, <clears throat> uh, it, it, sings up and is it, it is something that you know the same set of customers want because one reason that you are creating this new suite of products or you even just a new product right for any company mm-hmm. that is also mm-hmm. to upsell 
uh, to your existing set of customers absolutely right? so in in this case it's easier for for the new product to get product market fit because you already have a set of customers who are ready to mm-hmm. test mm-hmm. and you know who already trust you your brand your company and mm-hmm. they would trust another product from the same brand and same company mm-hmm. so so yeah. like how do you make sure that all these efforts doesn't go south or sure. you know sure. are are worth it or yeah. can be a better and successful product so there are like there are a couple of different parts right to the question so the first part is in terms of looking at how do you kind of ensure that you are successful or what how to increase the chances of being successful right uh, and then there's a second part saying do you build products can you also build products which are not relevant uh, or you only build things which can be sold together or you know one of that so i'll answer that separately so the first part is in terms of as a multi product company you have to also keep in mind very clearly that as you have more and more products there will be a few prod experiments and products that fail and there will be a few which will do really well i mean just like how a vc has so many investments and some of them do well some of them don't even companies like google and microsoft release products and then you know they get shelved so it's part right. of the process right so you have to yeah. treat it like that but you only go in with clarity of goals right so if we're saying that hey i know uh, i'm selling to these customers but uh, for example i'm just giving a use case where and you know the the customers love the lava product it's just that our sales cycle is really long so you know our customer acquisition cost versus our lifetime value is not enough right but we know the customer wants all these other things so it's a great way to say let's sell, build another product uh, which is relevant to the needs that they have so we know that we're acquiring the customer once but you know maybe we are getting the double the deal size because we are also filling some of these other needs the customer wants so the goal of that product is very clear when you are going forth right and that's that could be the goal of that new product that you are building secondly it could also be something like hey i want to increase the total tam that i want to be able to address right or rather what is the addressable market that i actually have the ability to do i want to increase that It's just so that to show that we have a higher growth potential we are not maturing because the reality is every business or every product they'll go through something called the s curve right so it will start out you know you while you're figuring out product market fit it'll be flat and then you'll have a high growth period and then there's maturity and you'll flatten out again so i mean and that could be how many years depending on the domain and the function i mean the product that you are doing and how big that market is but the idea is that before you reach that you know steady state where you flat line where you are able to have newer ways to you know have growth so i think there are there are of course many papers on it business model papers on it so it's called jumping the s curve right so you have enough experiments in you know in play so that at least say if you are trying out one or two different products you know at least one of the second one will succeed and to keep giving you that growth after 10 years after 15 years after 20 years right how do you really uh, extend yourself as a product and that's the basic premise of why you're doing another product now and like like i said it's very well possible that you will fail which is why yeah. you need to get into this only after the first product is stable right so you need to have cracked product market fit you need to have cracked like for example a lot of global saas companies out of india you know you look at different markets you look at us as a market you look at europe as a market you will you might try to get into the reseller partnership sort of model you know you might try inbound outbound so you're trying different things 
so you need to sort of have a steady state there where you know your product fits a certain kind of sales model and maybe you try out a few more extensions of that sales model to ensure that there is steady growth happening in that product and when you are in that steady state and you know that's happening and I, and you know now that you had that sort of process and business model built out and that can keep scaling and grow for the next few years right and now what is a new thing that you want to try the new thing you want to try could be this new product which can leverage the same gtm methodologies that you've set up right either it's an inside mm-hmm. sales team or you know a lead generation team it can leverage some of those same things and again add value to the hopefully the same customers and then you can build that out Makes so sense. that's that's how you look at it so and yes it could fail but you reduce the chances of failure when you already have all of these other processes set up and what you have to do also is to try to kind of keep that new product as nimble as possible like an external startup right so you have you create its own budget you create you create like you have a team lead who could be from a founder perspective who could be an ex founder or who has a hustle mentality because mm-hmm. they literally have to and not just hustle mentality at the same time they have to be able to work with the larger management and team of the organization so you literally have to uh, build out a team that knows how to move fast but at the same time knows how to leverage what's going on in the organization right and obviously that's that's uh, that's where it's tricky right you have to build the right team and like all even new products out in the market getting the right team is so important so those things you know increase your chances of success and when you're very clear on uh, what you're going after with these new products then that also increases your chance of success Uh, and then of course you have the same journey of product market fit the advantages you have is that you might have a few customers that you can try out the product early on mm-hmm. but also on the other side uh, is that you can't just put out an experimental very very bare bones thing because you have a certain brand you have a certain you know scalability that your customers expect from you right especially if you're a large enterprise company you can't experiment with those customers with a very very new product which might not be um, so scalable whereas a startup can will be excused for you know maybe having more bugs or something like that whereas now you have to you you know that's the uh, other side of it right you have to hit the bar that you already set with your first product you um, have to uh, already set up to that standards in terms of user experience in terms of customer service in terms of uh, how fast you fix issues all of that but at the same time you also have to be as nimble as possible so the reality is okay. you would end up being a little slower than you know a new startup in the same field, which is why you have to leverage all the other things that the larger company can give you so i mean i don't know if that answered what you were asking in terms of how do you no, no, it, it uh, you know work towards most success the other part you were saying is can you do something completely unrelated to the main product right yeah mm-hmm. the idea of building multiple products is uh, like i said it comes back from the philosophy of it right uh, it comes the philosophy is that you build a moat around you know your ecosystem of products you you know make it hard <clears throat> harder for a customer to churn you ensure that there's lesser pain points of integrations you know these are all like things benefits for the customers internally you obviously reduce your customer acquisition cost you uh, increase the lifetime value of the customer you are uh, able to have more opportunities of cross sell um, right and uh, you know increase value in terms of each product and you know selling them to each other so those are the advantages 
Now, when you go to a completely separate sort of business, the I would say, and again, I can't think of any examples where some where someone has done something so successfully going completely separate. But some of the synergies, I think, uh, companies should still look at is: Do you have at least a GTM sales model synergy? Do you have an infrastructure synergy? And I'll give an example from Freshworks itself. Fresh Service was the second product that you know Freshworks yeah. launched. It's not well. One of the things is the need for it came from Freshdesk. We saw that uh, a lot of Freshdesk customers wanted very uh, specific IT things. So that was the, the spark that led you know Freshworks to start that second product. But at the same time, you weren't selling it to the same customers, right? Sometimes maybe in the future they would say yes. We know another team is using Freshdesk, so yes, we have more trust in you to buy Freshdesk or some other product. But they weren't usually using it together. But the products themselves right the technology was similar so we could leverage it the smb sales model the inside sales model was similar so we could leverage it so at least there were some things that could leverage example even in a, in a, if you look at fmcg right if say you know pepsi pepsico company has lays and it also has pepsi mm-hmm. it's different products but sometimes people might buy it together it's not exactly another beverage but they also had the same distribution channels of how they uh delivered the you know the products even to the smallest uh, town and village and smallest mom and pop sh- uh, shop they that infrastructure was shared mm-hmm. so you have to look at something that sort of you know ties you ties you together of course as a company like google or something where you're completely looking at moonshot ideas that's a different thing there you're just looking at ideas that change the world so that there the vision is what ties the products together so there should be something which makes which uh, helps you kind of you know reconcile why those products are together right so google is looking at products that change the world so it could be as different as a smartphone when they i mean os when they acquired android to looking at balloons you know flying which gives you internet access but it changes the world so there should be something which ties that product together to sit in with your vision totally no it, it makes sense and, and you know at at some points it's it's good to experiment on a whole new different level to you know and it can be a big experiment of launching uh, a different product as well right and mm-hmm. i've seen many companies what what they would do right so for example slack as a company that was started as as an internal communication tool between mm-hmm. themselves and then that became a different product right all yep. together yep. so and and there are many more such success stories right where you mm-hmm. know you are working in a company and in a, the company builds a product for an for their internal use and now it becomes a, a whole new different offering of that company the entire mm-hmm. product that absolutely same wordpress did the same i think they were using their own product management tool internally tool and now they have opened it to public where, where you can just go and use it right so i mean there yeah. great success stories and yeah. uh, and obviously if, like great failures as well right like google yeah. has <laughs> and just just speaking about google as you mentioned earlier right it's like yeah. uh, they launched a lot of products but and and they have always failed in launching social connect any product which which required you know social platform or you know social mm-hmm. connect so they have failed mm-hmm. at it but mm-hmm. i think they always keep, keep bringing something new to it and mm-hmm. uh, keep expanding keep evolving but really yeah. great uh, examples right so mm-hmm. talk like you know one question which would you know which is in my mind and which many listeners would also you know would have in their mind like what is the right time for any company to think about exploring multiple products 
right mm-hmm. so how do you decide is there, like you know there is a time when you can tell that you know hey this product that i am running is product market fit there is a time when you can mm-hmm. tell that you know hey we mm-hmm. uh, are ready for funding right so is there a time for the similarly is there a time for any company to decide mm-hmm. that uh, you know hey should we explore like new or new products, products right? for the same same company right sure. so so like what you said right there's a time and product market fit happens and without a doubt only after the product market fit happens you should be even looking at other things right so once you have product market fit <clears throat> and then you're seeing that take off right like i said in that s curve you are in that high slope of that s curve you're doing all the things for the product market fit and you know that you know that's going smoothly uh, you just have to do more of that same and then you can obviously run some experiments on that and that at that point you will also start looking at you know customers in terms of what else do you need what else you'll start digging deeper right because you've gone beyond that survival mode of ensuring customers are uh, coming in and there's a smooth process for everything totally. uh, and then you're starting to look at what else is going on what are the nuances of you know what we can build for customers and that's a great time to start thinking about what how you would expand not necessarily that you should need to you know immediately start building it but that's a great time to start evaluating what is that landscape Make- you know what and and of course assuming that you also have it's a great way also to show your vision to investors right so when you start looking at that then you will start seeing all the adjacencies where you think that your company has the dna to address and which is relevant for you to address and maybe it, it could even be products that uh, are usually bought along with uh, each other or products bought by the same per, uh, person right the same mm-hmm. decision maker so those are all clues to you because they talking to your customers will help you do that so uh, that that's a, a great point to start thinking of your adjacency map uh, and to look at okay these are the other things that uh, we could venture into and then you start looking at what is the market for all of them what is the demand for it what are the real problems in this area what are the different competitors in the space are they not mm-hmm. solving for it is an integration with them not good enough if we build something how can we add more value than that integration those are all start things that you need to start charting out right and that gives a great foundation to look at what you can build next and at that point when you see where you can really bring synergies from you know growth for yourself and adding more value to your customer by giving them that that's a great time to say okay let's look at this let's start this as one experiment you know have a small very nimble team go after that right now now for example now you might have you know increased the size of the pie that you are running after by 50% or 70% depending on what that market additional market is and that shows the growth opportunity that your company also has uh, and it also shows as more and more you know areas to grow it so i think starting to put together that uh, map will give you clarity on when you can do that because that will also tell you okay do you need certain things in technology do you need certain things you know in sales to do this like what do you need and then it will tell you that next step but it's a great when you hit that pm product market fit and start go smoothing you know i mean sailing smoothly at that point that's a great uh, time to start creating this chart for yourself and looking at that uh, space got it this is really great like i have a lot of things to talk about this particular topic because you know it's really interesting to me personally but mm-hmm. you know before we could move on to the lightning round which is the final section of this episode i have like one hypothetical question for you right um, sure 
so let's say let's say hypothetically you are girish and you own okay <laughs> okay or you are in his position where you know uh-huh. you have, or you are in any position in let's say in, in a company like freshworks where you have to decide uh-huh. between uh-huh. acquiring a com- small company uh, you know let's say you want to build fresh chat for example uh-huh. right and uh-huh. you have two options either you start from zero and uh-huh. start from scratch inside freshworks and start building a product like fresh chat uh-huh. or you have another option like in you know, option b which is like you know there is a small you figure out there's a company which does the same kind of things and yeah. you know it's kind of a similar product that you want which already has a, a few customers let's say they have raised a seed round or whatever mm-hmm. and you you have an option to acquire them and you know convert that company uh, into mm-hmm. fresh chat or convert mm-hmm. that product into fresh chat mm-hmm. now I, i know that fresh works have done like this mm-hmm. in for different products but you know just talking about like option a is starting from scratch and option mm-hmm. b is acquiring a company and you know sure. integrating that product in in your mm-hmm. brand right so mm-hmm. which option would you choose and like you know why the one that you choose is better than the other yeah. and that's a great question right because that's always something that founders have to evaluate especially when you know yeah. they know they have yeah. some funding and at the same time they also want high growth like what do they exactly. sort of mm-hmm. so i think we need to look at this with a, a framework again right like for example i'm just again giving that hypothetical if we have yeah, to i mean yeah there would be a lot of factors i know <laughs> absolutely so uh, yeah, but... looking at if we have the uh, see if you're doing something real time or if you're doing something like chat it's obviously technology wise some different skill sets from buying uh, building something like a fresh desk or fresh service mm-hmm. because now you want real time chat if you want real time chat you want more things you know so you have to kind of see how to scale something differently in the technology side from a gtm side you know it will be you know kind of similar at least in the beginning so that's a great way to evaluate do you have the engineering skills internally to kind of do this new technology is it something you know you can do quickly if you don't then it's a great time to kind of look outward because not only are you looking at a product you're also looking to bring in the technology skills into your team mm-hmm. right so that's one way to evaluate the sec- i mean and not just technology you're also looking at sales right if you are looking to get into a, a market where uh, you need to sort of uh, maybe do a lot of uh, community evangelism and things like that and you know you have not done that right you are mm-hmm. in a different space but you know that for example microsoft you know just buying github right, right. because yeah. there's such a huge community there and there's no way microsoft can get into a developer community like that because they are more very very enterprise you know they go after oems and things like that's their market mm-hmm. of course now with azure they are getting more and more into you know infra and other things but that's the thing right so you also acquire a community you acquire that brand so right. you know it that those that is one factor so you look at technology you look at brand uh, and community you look at uh, sales models like if a company has cracked that outbound sales model which whereas uh, if you haven't done it or vice versa right if you are more into outbound sales then you need smb inside sales for a new product that's a great way to you know bring in that's a time to kind of decide so when you know developing that muscle from you know from scratch might be very hard for you to do as a company there's a great time to bring in uh, or uh, you know make that uh, lean towards an acquisition of course assuming that you are uh, very clear as the founders of that new company and you are very clear on how you align and you know that you can integrate the processes very well right 
right? That's also something which is very key because a lot of times acquisitions are done, but you don't really, you know, gel well after that. So that's also something that needs to be looked at. So that's again a framework to see what are the things you need for this product. How can you get it fast? Do you have all the capabilities internally, or you know, is there a company which is prime for acquiring in terms of size, in terms of you know the cost it would to acquire, mm-hmm. and uh, will they give us some of these capabilities very easily? And then you see which has more ROI, and you know you go after that. Totally, but that that's really great. You know, comparison between the two. So yeah, this has been really great, you know, discussing with you, Smriti. Let's quickly move on to the lightning round. So I have mm-hmm. three lightning, like three questions for you, and like you have to answer with whatever's on top of your mind, right? Oh, so, so much pressure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. So what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started? Okay, it's hmm. interesting. This is not just for work. I think personally too, but I feel like it applies a lot. or at, at least i should definitely apply it a lot more to work so especially when you're starting out new right you are obviously looking at everybody else for decisions and and i'm a kind of person who tends to overthink a lot of things and analyze and do all of that to learn to trust your gut a little bit more especially not in a way that you discard everything else or data but to learn to listen to when there are some warning signals and to to dig into it instead of dismissing it to uh-huh. dig in and uh, go back to first principles for yourself saying why i you know getting this warning signal about this and then if you keep asking yourself why why you will get back to you will kind of be able to peel out the layers and figure out what happened right and that's great way to create you know like certain frameworks for yourself because because you dug through it a you will also make a decision on whether that was relevant or not and then you can decide whether you go by a gut the second thing is that next time that happens instead of you know being like oh it's just a random gut feeling you would have already kind of dissected that and you can actually ask those questions easily got it mm-hmm. right exactly. so i think i mean i'm better at doing it now than 10 years back but i know i still have to do a lot more of it. so to not yeah. just ignore your gut feeling right to and totally. to dig it to question it and dig deeper and uh, figure out why that's happening is a good uh, makes sense no really, really great text so yeah so second one so what did your biggest uh, professional failure teach you wow a lot of things but <laughs> yeah. so i would say i think one of the things is okay so there are two one i would also say is coming back to that gut right it taught me to listen to my gut more uh, definitely but i'll also say the other thing it um, uh, taught me is how you know again building the right teams is very uh, relevant and important uh-huh. because at the end of the day and again this goes to show it right, at the end of the day as product creators you know you have to come and come to terms with product might completely pivot product might fold uh, product might fail but the team and that journey right is so important so even for products that where i have failed that you know that the journey that we have been through is something that cannot go away and the learnings that you had from the journey so how you build out those relationships with people because you learn so much right with a designer with an engineer architect sales teams you learn so much through this journey and that's going to always be there with you so cherish that a little bit more uh, than the product itself makes sense and then the last one right like what's the number one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve i think for me so 
what has helped me shorten i would say is taking a lot of big leaps like for example like i said right to kind of make the decision to come from us to india was a big leap wow. but i do think that it opened up when you are opening up those opportunities for yourself when you do something so different because you know you know you want to try it it opens up so many more opportunities and that kind of uh, increases your uh, learning curve and i think in freshworks itself the jumping at an opportunity to create a product from scratch right. though you know i had done product management only for a couple of years that that taught me so much because i got into you know so many of the other details which won't come in when you're just building feature i mean there are of course different learnings but i feel like all of that really uh, you know helps you jump and learn more and and i would also want to say that that can't happen without surrounding uh, surrounding yourself with really smart people uh, right and for me of course Uh, in my journey in freshworks right working with girish and working with so many other smart people also has helped in that journey like if you are always the smartest person in the room then you're not challenging yourself enough right that's the, mm-hmm. the so i think be yeah so taking those leaps so that you know you get to be in a place where you are starting from scratch again it it helps you jump so much more because you're automatically so much more open to learning at that point and the people that you go when you open yourself up like this the people that you approach that also is important totally makes sense so yeah thanks a lot smriti for taking time i mean this has been really insightful you know i can talk a lot you know we can mm-hmm. do another hour or two hour long conversation on this particular topic that we discussed but you know we we have to uh, wrap it up now but really great talking with you i would love to you know discuss more on this particular topic maybe like you know a, a version 2 of this episode or on this particular topic right because mm-hmm. there's a lot that we didn't discuss and yeah. <laughs> i feel there's like so i'm not to doing justice yeah. to the topic uh, of discussion Yeah, and I'm sure there's so many more learnings that yeah. as you do more products, you can uncover it. Yeah, it's been really great talking about this too. Thanks, Sunil, for having me on the podcast. Yeah.